on uh, Bethel Baptist Church to be. And so we're going to stay on that same, on that same theme. But uh, before I begin, I want to share a couple of unanimous quotes about greatness. So listen carefully to these. The first one is, great things happen when great men and women meet great obstacles. Another one is, no man has ever come to true greatness who hasn't to one degree or another felt that his life belongs to others. That what God has given him is really for other people. Another one is this. No one is truly great who is great only in his or her lifetime. For the true evidence of greatness is revealed after we're gone. And the last one is this. I know of no great man or woman except those who have offered great service to the next generation. August is Children's Month here at Bethel. And we celebrate children because we are fully aware that children are our legacy. They are our legacy. We are fully aware that children are the future of Bethel Baptist Church. Last week, like I said, we talked about what makes the church great. And we feel that to some degree or another that our children make our church great. We discovered last week why the early New Testament church had so much greatness. They had great purpose. They had great prayer and great preaching. They had great power that came through a clean life, through consistent walks with the Lord, and also through continually asking God for the things that they didn't have. They also endured great persecution, which created great people, and they also were equipped with great promises. Today, we're going to talk about what makes the Christian great. What makes the Christian great? Turn with me, if you would, in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 18, and we'll discover just that. In verse 1, the Word of God says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them. And he said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it far from you. It's better for you to enter into life 
lame or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and be cast into the everlasting fire. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you. It's better for you to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes and be cast into hell fire. Verse 10. Take heed. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that one sheep than over the ninety-nine that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we praise you this morning and we ask that you would open our eyes, our hearts, and our minds brand new to how much you value children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What makes a Christian great? That's exactly the same question that the disciples were asking there in verse 1. They said, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of God? Now, both Mark and Luke in their account of the same thing, they said they were actually arguing amongst themselves who's going to be the greatest. But Jesus would later say to them, whoever desires to be great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to be a ransom for many. Remember what Jesus also said. He said, a servant is not greater than his master. We're not greater than Jesus. And in 519 of Matthew, Jesus said, Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments, and get this, and teaches men to do so, he shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But get this, but whoever does, say does. Whoever does and teaches them, say teaches them, and teaches them, that is my commandments, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. And then today we see that Jesus says about the greatest in verse 2. He called a little child to himself. He called a little child and he set him in the midst of them and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you're converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Greatness. How do we become great as a Christian? I believe that the Word of God is telling us very clearly today that to become great, Jesus is saying we need to change, verse 2, change and become like children. You see, the disciples were so wrapped up. The disciples were so preoccupied with their status in Jesus' eternal kingdom that they lost sight. They lost sight of His divine purpose while He was on earth. His divine purpose was to save that which was lost, in, including children. How many of you know that you can be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good? Amen? 
So then Jesus uses a child. Uses this little child to help his self-centered disciples to get the point. Here's what he said. And this is Brother Billology, all right? He said, listen up, you guys. Unless you're converted, that is, unless you're willing to change the way you're acting, unless you're willing to change your attitude, unless you're willing to change the way you think, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. We won't have to worry about you being great because you ain't going to be there. Boy, I bet you that got their attention, amen? You see, that's what convert means. Convert means to turn around. Convert means to turn from your current course of conduct to change the way that you think. To be converted, you can be converted from a sinful lifestyle. You can be converted from an apathetic, uninterested attitude. You can be converted from some preconceived notions about God and people that you may have. You can be converted from how you view the value of children. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do you view the value of children? I don't want you to misunderstand, friends, because Jesus is not telling us that we need to start acting childish. Not childish in how we act or think. Paul said, hey, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, when I became mature, I became complete, then I put away the childish things. I put away the childish ways of thinking. While we're not to be childish, Jesus is certainly telling us that we need to be childlike. Be childlike in the way that we think, in the way that we relate with one another, in the way we relate to God, in the way we relate to other people. We need to be childlike. You see, Jesus admired how children thought. Jesus admired how they felt. And, and he called us to be more like children. Children as a whole are trustful. Jesus wants you to be trustful. He wants uh, us to be like children in that we're willing to depend upon other people. He wants us to be children like children in that we're willing to make other people happy. That it's not all about me. He wants us to be more like children in that seldom do we find children boasting. Seldom uh, do we find children that have this selfish desire to be greater than other people. He wants us to be more like children in those ways. And can I tell you, friends, that, that a genuine believer has got to abandon these thoughts of personal greatness. It's just not all about you. It's not all about me. So we've got to abandon those thoughts and we've got to take the lowly position of a child. We've got to become, as Jesus said, Become as little children. Now, the word become in the scripture passage literally means to become like. To become like a little child. To turn into a child. To develop into a child. To grow to be like a child. Isn't it interesting that, that Jesus is teaching us that we need to grow to be like children? How many of you are growing to be more like children? In what areas of your life, friend, do you struggle with being childish? Do you really think that if you're honest with yourself, you're really pretty selfish? 
If you're honest with yourself, if, if you don't get your way, do you sulk? Do you got throw a little temper tantrum? Do you cop an attitude? Do you incessantly worry about things that you don't have no control over? Are you more concerned with your own well-being than for the glory of God? Well, those are childish traits. But what, what areas are you making progress in becoming childlike? For instance, are you beginning to depend on God for everything? I mean, everything? Because, friend, if you depend on God for everything, guess what? You know how much you begin to worry? Well, you may worry all the time, but if you trust God, that's how much you'll worry right there. You know God's got it. You trust God for everything. If you're making progress and becoming childlike, ask yourself, do you really trust God's promises to you? If so, are you bold in your witness about Jesus Christ? Knowing that He's with you always, even to the end of the age. Are you becoming more Christ-like and a lot less self-centered. He wants us to become more childlike. I think we all have some growing up to do when it comes to being like children. So how do I do this? How do I change? How do I change and become like a child? Let's read verse 4. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So, to be able to change and become like a child, we need to be humble as children. Be humble as children. Billy Graham told a story about when he was a young preacher, and he had come into a new town to preach, and he was wanting to mail a letter, and so he asked this little young boy where the post office was. Now, the boy told him, and Billy thanked him, and he said, Son, if you'll come over to the Baptist church tonight, I'm going to be preaching on how you can get to heaven. Do you want to come? And the boy said, Well, I don't think that I'm going to be there because you don't even know your way to the post office. <laughs> How's that for being humbled, amen? Picture the disciples in a semicircle around their Lord Jesus. They're waiting breathlessly for Jesus to name the greatest among them. And he, he starts at one side and he scrolls around and he gets all the way to the other side and then he gets right back to the middle where that child is standing in their midst. He said this child was the example of true greatness. This child was the example of true greatness because this child is humble. Now you need to know that true humility avoids two extremes. True humility avoids thinking less of yourself than you really are, but it also avoids thinking more of yourself than you really are. A truly humble person will not deny that they have God-given gifts. And furthermore, they will use those God-given gifts for the glory of God and for the good of others. That's true humility. And so, when Jesus asks us to humble ourselves, what's He want us to do? He wants us to identify with children. 
He wants us to identify with children. Identify with those people who are weak. Identify with those people who are dependent upon others. Identify with those who have no status. Identify with others who have no influence. Identify with kids. He's asking us to come down to their level. He's asking us to assume a lower rank. He's asking us to place oneself below others so that they can be rewarded. To place ourselves below others so they can be rewarded. So they can be taught. To humble ourselves as children. You see, the standards and the values of the kingdom of heaven are exactly opposite to what you find in this world. The whole way we think is reversed. The whole way we think has got to be turned upside down. We got to learn to have the mind of Christ. And it's shared so beautifully by the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2. In verse 5, he says very clearly, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery being equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He assumed the lower rank. He came down and got down to our level for our benefit and for our reward. Humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Friend, for the Christian to be great, we got to change the way we think. For the Christian to be great, we got to change the way we act. And then we got to learn to grow to be more like children. Placing ourselves below so that they can be taught, so they can be blessed. Now here's another way that we can change the way we think, another way that we can grow to be more like children, and that's by connecting with children. Let's look in verse 5 of Matthew. In verse 5, the word says, Whoever receives, say receives, Whoever receives one little child like this in my name, receives, say receives, receives me. In order to become a great Christian, we need to understand the full meaning of that word receives as it's in this context. If you're listening to me, say amen. Say it again. All right, I'm convinced. That word receive means to take by the hand. It means to become friends with. It means to listen to. It means to embrace. It means to bear with. It means to endure. And in Mark chapter 10, in verse 13, Mark tells about how Jesus received little children in this way. Mark 10, 13, the word says that they then brought little children to him, to Jesus, that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased, and he said to them, 
Let the little children come to me. And do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And then get this, he took them up in his arms. And he laid his hands on them. And he blessed them. I get the distinct impression that the Lord Jesus didn't only tell kids that he loved them. He showed kids that he loved them. I read about a four-year-old little girl who uh, got scared one night during a thunderstorm. During one super loud clap of thunder, she jumped out of bed, ran down the hall, and dove into the bed with her parents. And then her father said, Honey, don't worry. The Lord will protect you. And she said as she snuggled closely to her daddy, she said, Daddy, I know, but right now I need someone with some skin on. We need to teach our children about God's love by being Jesus to them. We need to to be uh, Jesus with skin on. Just as Jesus was God with skin on. The Lord Jesus said that when we feed the hungry in His name, when we give water to the thirsty in His name, When we take in the stranger, when we clothe the naked, when we visit the sick or the prisoner in his name, Jesus said, you did it to me. And now we discover that he says, whoever receives a little child like this in my name receives me. Whoever takes a little child by the hand, whoever takes a child and becomes friends with him, Whoever listens to a child, whoever embraces a child, whoever shows love to a child, whoever bears with a disruptive child, amen, does it to me. Friends, whatever is done for a child is accounted as if it's done to the master. In New Orleans, we had the privilege and the blessing of receiving little children this way. And for all you missionaries, you need to know that for every hug you gave, you were doing it to Jesus. For every child you taught, you were doing it for Jesus. For every embrace, for every time that you took a second just to listen to them, you were doing it to Jesus. And it's the same with Awana. For us who are teachers and leaders in the Iwana Youth Ministry, you're doing it to Jesus. You're doing it for Jesus. For those who have already volunteered for the cross training, discipleship training class on Sunday nights, you'll be doing it for Jesus. You'll be doing it to Jesus. To be a great Christian, we need to change the way we think, change the way we act. Maybe you've lost sight of why Jesus came. To save that which was lost. And that includes children. Maybe we all need to grow by humbling ourselves and connecting with children. But then in verse 6, back in Matthew 18, Jesus gives us some pretty strict instructions concerning kids. He says, you better be a good example for children. 
Here we go. Verse 6. Lord Jesus says, But whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to sin, it'd be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come. But woe to the man by whom that offense comes. If your hand or foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it far from you. It's better for you to go maimed than whole into hell. Anyone who tempts a child to sin incurs enormous condemnation. What is a millstone? A millstone is this huge, round, wheel-like rock that was used to grind grain into powder. It was so heavy, a millstone was so heavy that it was turned by an ox or by a donkey. Now, I don't have to tell you that if one of these huge rocks is hung around your neck and you're thrown into the sea, you are going to the bottom. Amen? You're going to be shark meat. Amen? Anybody else been watching Shark Week this week? Amen. Praise the Lord. You're going to be shark meat. Jesus says it'd be better for you to suffer that. Better for you to suffer that than what will happen to you if you cause a child to sin. My, my. Why such a serious penalty? Why is Jesus so tore up about kids? About causing kids to sin? Bottom line is this. It's it's bad enough if you choose to sin. It's bad enough if you sin against oneself. But to lead a child into sin? to, To lead a child to destroy his innocence? To corrupt his or her mind? Friends, that's inexcusable. That word, offenses. That word, offenses, is uh, often translated stumbling blocks or temptations. You see, we got enough of those already. The world, our own sinful nature, and the devil, they all three have conspired together, teamed up against you and I to get us to turn our backs on Jesus. We already got enough against us without us helping children to sin. And friend, if you become an agent of evil, evil and thereby lead children to sin, boy, will your guilt be great. And you need to know that it's not only by what you do, it may be by what you don't do. Jesus says temptations and stumbling blocks, they're inevitable in this world we live in, but how terrible it will be for the one doing the tempting. Pretty stout, pretty stout. And so he begins to illustrate there in verses 8 and 9 that whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to avoid the temptation to sin, especially in front of kids, you got to do it. You got to do it. If we want our kids to go to heaven, if we want our kids to go to heaven, we better sure, be sure that we're leading them there. By example. Because we can teach them till we're blue in the face. But if you're not showing them by example, they're not going to get it. How are we going to make an impact in the lives of kids? How are we going to make a difference in their lives? How are we going to influence them to be faithful followers of Christ? Do we just teach them right from wrong? 
Do we just lead them to believe in God? Do we just teach them to respect fellow man? Can you really just teach those truths? I think, yes, you can teach them. But also, Jesus calls us to exemplify them. He calls us to live them out. To flesh out those truths. To show each and every day so that our kids are irresistibly drawn to the right. Drawn to do good. And they're drawn because of our continual example. To be a great Christian, we may need to change. Change how we think. Change how we act. Maybe we need to change and become like a little child humbling ourselves and being willing to connect with children, but most of all by being an example, an example of who Christ is to them. In essence, friends, we need to learn to make children our priority. We need to make children our priority. Verse 10, the Lord Jesus says, Take heed. When Jesus says, Take heed, Brother Bill's taking heed. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels, say their angels. Their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. For the Son of Man has not come, to say, or the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the other 99 that did not go astray. And get verse 14. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one, say one, not one of these little ones should perish. Children better be our priority. That word despise there in verse 10 means to think little of or to think nothing of. You better not do that, the Lord Jesus says. Regardless of whether they're our church kids or whether they're not, the Son of Man warns us, don't you turn your back on a kid. Don't you turn your back on a child. For I have come to save them who was lost. And then to highlight the importance of that, Jesus reminds us that their angels Those kids have angels who are always before the Father in heaven. They're angels, the ones charged with watching over kids. They're always in front of the Father. Just as a shepherd makes it his priority to take care of the entire flock, even that one lost sheep, so too must we make it a priority to take care of our little lambs. Think about this. Children are important not only to the angels, not only to the shepherd, but they're also important to God the Father. Did you catch that in verse 14? Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Not one. If children are important enough to engage angels, if children are important enough to engage the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, if children are important enough to engage the God of all creation, God the Father, then they should be important to us. 
And it don't matter how difficult they are. It don't matter how unlovely they are. It don't matter how lowly they are. They're a priority to God. They're a priority to us. Friend, you are provided with ample opportunity to become obedient to this message. Next Sunday is Bethel Awana Commitment Sunday. And you're going to have an opportunity to put your foot of faith forward and say, I believe what Jesus said in Matthew 18. That it's not the Father's will that even one little one should perish. And I'm going to be obedient to do whatever I can. It may not be much, but I'm going to do what I can because children are important to God. I pray that you'll be praying about your role. chance to to do what you told me to do I'm telling you today that one ain't going to work when it comes to serving kids because everyone here will have the opportunity so I pray that this week you'll be praying about your role in the Bethel Awana ministry for the coming year you're the one that's going to get blessed by it blessed in your obedience And you know, maybe when you were a kid, you didn't have the opportunity for a wana. Maybe when you were a kid, you know, no one one talked to you about Jesus. Maybe you never had the opportunity to make a decision for the Lord. Maybe you never had an opportunity to, to say, you know, I want Jesus. I want heaven. I want Jesus in my life. And I know that the only way I can be with God, the only way I can be in heaven, is for me to place my trust and my faith in Him. If you didn't have that chance as a child, maybe it's time for you to grow to be like a little kid. To grow to be like a child. Maybe you need to humble yourself as a child today. 
come and accept the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who came to save that which was lost. Friend, it's not the will of your Father in heaven that you perish. Will you trust Him today? Let's pray. Father, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that there is someone present this morning that has never had the opportunity to place their faith in Christ Jesus for salvation. Father, would you help them to humble themselves as a little child? To be trustful of you? To place their faith in someone they can't see? To believe what the Word of God says? To believe what has happened to millions upon millions of other people? That, Lord, if it happened to them, just maybe it could happen for Your word says that if a man or woman, boy or girl, confesses the name of Jesus, that Jesus is Lord and believes in his heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. And Father, that life of faith has so many implications. That faith will be seen. That faith will have fruit. That faith will affect other people's lives for the positive. So Lord, if there's someone here that needs to humble themselves as a child. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to them that still soft whisper that only you can provide. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.
So if you're looking, but you ain't finding, come tonight and you might find what you're seeking. 